Thank you for listening to Women of the Hour. Our show is made possible by many, including the fine folks at Blue Apron. Start eating restaurant-quality meals at home. That's my boyfriend's favorite compliment for any food. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com women. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create delicious home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. That's blueapron.com women. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Today, we have a bonus episode for you. Who doesn't want a bonus anything? Ronnie Connor is a TV writer, disability rights advocate, and mother of one of the most important women in my life, my partner in writing, revolution, and occasional petty crime, Jenny Connor. I sat down with Ronnie to talk about how one headache at age 44 altered the course of her life. So, Ronnie, obviously we're talking to you in an episode about illness And I wondered if you could start by sort of naming what your particular illness, if that's how we want to call it, is. Sure, I hope I don't freak people out because what happened is a little freaky. I was married. I had two wonderful children. I had a really nice career. Everything was perfect. And I had a stroke in my early 40s. And do you remember the moment that it happened well? I I do remember. It's funny, I was... What happened was, well, my mother's 70th birthday party, which was at the Westwood Marquee, which is at the W Hotel. Uh, I wasn't hungry, so I knew something's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody said, why is your daughter limping to my mother? And I called Derry and I said, I think we'd better go to the doctor. I really don't feel well. And we went in and put me in the MRI. He let Larry sit right outside. Larry so was your husband at that point. Yes. And he talked to me. And at one point, they told me it could be taken apart. So I said, take it apart. And he said, you only have four minutes left. And then I felt something explode in my head. Then I was in a coma for two months. Wow. So it was very strange. I went in August, I got out in October. Do you remember waking up? Yep. I woke up, I saw Larry's brother, Mel, my best friend, and I was thinking, what are they doing here? It's not like someone almost died or something. I really had no idea what people were there, and I couldn't talk. So they gave me a communication board to learn how to communicate. And by the time I learned it, I'd started talking. Your stroke left you quadriplegic, is that correct? Yeah, well, actually, my right arm is good, but because it has a little bit of what they call ataxia, it's hardly noticeable now, shakes a little. It used to shake a lot, that stuff too. And you described the issue that you have sometimes with your speech as sort of a... Dysarthria, it's called. Dysarthria. It makes you talk slowly. And affects your tongue. Which must be strange for you because you're a fast-thinking woman and you're a writer. Yes. Before your stroke, you were a television writer, successful That's television right. writer. Mm-hmm. What was the immediate effect it had? I mean, obviously you described oh your life as God. being perfect. What was the immediate well, effect it had? Walk. You couldn't walk. Well, my career was just about over. I it was my second career. 
my first career, I worked in mental hospitals all the time. And when I got my graduate degree, I decided that I really didn't want to do it anymore. But I was, you know, 40 going on 50 by the time I had the stroke, and 50-year-old women aren't very valuable this time. No. That, I'm afraid, has not changed. No. No, you think it has them. When I heard Jenny was a showrunner, I thought that she got coffee from people. That that term was used when I You was, didn't know what a showrunner no. meant. I thought it meant you get coffee. That's what it sounds like, a showrunner. Do you feel like there are ways in which Jenny having this full career as and getting to be, you know, the fact that Jenny's a mother to two and a television writer, do you feel like there are ways that you see your own career and experience being continued on through Jenny? Oh, I'm just so happy for her. Yeah, yeah, it's a different time. She can do things that we were not allowed to do. I mean, you experienced the double whammy of being a woman in Hollywood and then being a woman with a disability in Hollywood. Yes, not good. And I wondered, two questions. One is, did you find that the people who had been your friends, the sort of Hollywood types, did you find that any of them had fear around your illness or retreated? Yeah. John heard an interview with John Rivers after her husband committed suicide, and the interviewer said, you must really find out who your friends are. And she said, no, but you find out who you want to be friends with. Yeah. And it's really true. In your daily life, have you gotten used to the shifts in routine? I mean, it's been 30 years now. Have you gotten used to the shifts in routine? Do you still experience a lot of frustration in your daily life? Or do you feel as though you've acclimated to sort of like the ways you have to use your body? Well, both. I used to be a cook, like Jenny cooked all the time. And I had the last house I was in completely be done so I could cook Lord's dough and stuff. And now that I'm getting older, like if I'm out too long in my power chair, I have to calling or letting somebody know where I am all the time. And those are shifts that you have to make that make you feel in some way less Not independent. Terrible, yeah. I used to go to Century City all over the place. And I just can't anymore. Do you find being around people with disabilities comforting? Do you feel like there's a common language and connection? Do you, have you Did it take you a long time to relate to other people with disabilities? Yes, it took me a long time. It was almost as if I didn't want to be in that crowd, but I was. And it depends, you know, you, you can't say, there are some people in that group that I like, the writers group that are good writers, and there are some people that I don't like like anywhere else. Yeah. Whatever I have to do, it takes me about two hours to do it. On Sunday, Lee and I met this older couple, guy couple, for, for breakfast every Sunday. We get there at 7 o'clock. I have to get up at 5 so I can get ready. But that, you know, there's stuff like that that you resent. and. I wish that wasn't true, but I dropped things 50 million times. <laughs> you always have a really good sense of humor about it. About it, yeah. Is there anything, and this might be an ignorant question, what? But, and tell, you can just say no, but I've talked to some people for whom illness, they say like, 
it's been a really painful, horrible part of their life, but there's also things that they've learned in ways that it's added to their life. Is no, there... that's absolutely so. One of the things that Larry said when the kids were young is they're going to be terribly affected by this. And statistically, they're actually not. They're much more sensitive. No, I mean, both your children are incredibly sensitive and incredibly yeah, engaged. they and... are. One thing you have to do... I mean, children feel guilty about everything. Whatever you do, whatever's happening, it's their fault somehow. And I think what you have to do when something like this happens, a lot of people don't want to expose them to pretend that it happened. But I think you have to include them in your, like Jeremy gave me a little bear to squeeze, which actually helped. And he was, when you involve them in your getting better, then they're more accepting of it. I guess the last thing I just want to ask you mm -hmm. is if you had any advice, I mean, you experienced a radical transition in the middle of your life. Do you have any advice for other women who experience well, something like that? What's interesting is that people say you're so courageous all the time. And it's not courageous to want a life. I mean, and you do have to fight for it because, you know, you can't get in stores a lot to go shopping anymore. And just all kinds of little things that drive you nuts. So you do have to consciously make a life for yourself. So I think I would encourage people to do that. It's really worth it. I mean, you want to curl up and watch TV and never go out at all. But it's not good. I have a trainer three days a week because I have to, um, I have to move. Otherwise... I don't even move. I know. I... Well, you look great. I would like everyone to know she's wearing a very chic blouse covered in birds and a great pair of sunglasses. <laughs> Ronnie Connor, thank you so much for joining us on Women oh, of the yeah. Hour. And I know you don't want to be called courageous, but no offense, you are. <laughs>